Hey everyone, Justin here with HuntLink by Service Side. I am joined on the mic today by Dave Owens of the Pinoti Project and Grant Fisher. What's going on, fellas? Oh man, just uh, living the dream. How about you guys? I'm going pretty good. Just waiting on time to pass until spring gets here. <laughs> Yeah, I feel that. I feel that, fellas. Well, it is that time of year. A lot of y'all probably recognize um, both names here. Every spring, we start kind of doing our turkey campaign, if you will. Um, oh, Dave's always uh, willing to jump on and share some information. We talk some different perspectives. And then Grant also, both of these guys travel. They do a ton of turkey hunting, have a ton of knowledge um, and uh, this is going to be some turkey talk we got going on. Um, but Dave, tell us a little bit about what's going on right now in the turkey woods. What are you, uh, what are you doing to ramp up for season, and uh, what's kind of been going on with you since last time we talked? Oh, shoot, man. It's like a, a, a never – I mean, it's just a never-ending you know, chase here. <laughs> we don't ever quit thinking about turkeys. Even when turkey season ends, we start preparing for the next one, and especially considering the um, – the growth of the Pinhoti project and everything. I mean, when you consider, like I just finished up, I mean, I literally just finished up two days ago. I just edited the last hunt of uh, 2022. Um, so there's a lot of time poured into this stuff. So it looks like we're going to end up with 61 episodes this year. So um, that is a huge time commitment. And then on top of that, you know, the apparel that we, we offer and then the, uh, the, the added challenges with all the, the, the supply line issues made everybody's life in the in the apparel industry a little bit uh rocky i guess is the word to use but um shoot man as far as the turkey world and pinhoti project and me it's it's a uh, i don't feel like i've took it took a day of rest since uh since i laid the gun down in uh, june 6th of last year Oh man, uh, yeah, I uh, I've been following you, and I'm like, man, when's this guy take a break? <laughs> I know it's I know it's a busy I know it's a busy thing. You know, we deal with a lot here at Service Side, and it's uh, it's one of those things where I look at it like this too. Though busy is a good thing because I talk to so many people that are, you know, it's the latter, and you know, I always I always try to tell myself, well, it could be the opposite. It could be not busy, which is usually a bad thing, especially in our line of work. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, busy's good. Don't don't get me wrong. I, uh, it's a blessing, and it's something that I'll uh, forever be thankful for, no doubt. So I was going to get you just kind of talk about your uh, what you do with TFT and just promote conservation just a little bit. What you got going on in the conservation world? Shoot, yeah, man. Um, this past was one of the things that did happen this uh, this off season as I was elected to the uh, Turkish for Tomorrow Board of Directors. So been helping those guys make some decisions. Really cool organization, something that uh, that I was glad to uh, to be a part of. Um, and uh, yeah, they got a lot of a lot of huge things <laughs> right right on the right on the brink of uh, being able to uh, to reveal. So um, a lot of cool things coming down the line for those guys. And um, super, super excited to be a part of that. Doing the hunt raffles, I think we just kicked those off again this year. That generated a ton of money last year um, that we uh, dumped into research. Um, also looking to do some field days for landowners to help, uh, you know, educate folks on habitat and habitat management. And, uh, and stuff just like my, folks just like myself, you know, just that may want to help and just don't know what to do. Um, and just trying to get the uh, – 
the right uh, right people in the right places. And then kind of going off of that with just getting new people into turkey world stuff, I know you try to promote calling contests a good bit. Just talk a little bit about calling contests, how some get involved, and maybe the ones that are coming up this weekend too. Yeah, sure, man. I just think um, turkey hunting has become popular. I mean, it's become more popular over the last handful of years. I think that's a, a, a wonderful thing. And one of the aspects of that is the turkey calling contest. I don't think it's any, I don't think it's a coincidence that, that you know, it was early, mid-90s, the turkey calling contests were just booming. I mean, you were having 30, 40 contestants at each one of these contests. And at the same time, the turkey populations were booming on um, turkey hunting was cool i mean you had turkey populations busting at the seams everybody was paying attention um i don't think that was a coincidence so i think if we push every aspect of turkey hunting and turkey competition calling being one of those um i just see it, it benefiting turkeys in the long run i mean that that exposure is going to help everybody care so to speak so um yeah the competition calling is one of the things that i kind of got into um gosh i've probably been doing it for lord i don't know i won i won the grand national in 2018 and i had been doing it for probably five or six years at that point so whatever that adds up to be so i've been doing it for a little while now but um and i remember when i got into it it was it was a it was daunting you know you go up there you see the names that you've seen on in magazines and um, on vhs tapes at that time and so you see all these big names and those guys are calling and then you're calling against some of them and um it can be you know flat out scary <laughs> but at the same time if you ever go and you ever wet your feet you will you'll love it because if you like the turkey hunt um you're surrounding yourself with like-minded folks um conversations easy um everybody loves turkeys and and those guys won't bite your head off i mean they'll help you i promise you i mean you ask them you get let them hear your sound um these guys have been doing it for a long time and typically they can hear you and they can give you some pointers or some tips or, um, you know, maybe different cuts or different side tensions or whatever it may be as far as calling to, uh, to help you be more proficient. So, uh, competition calling thing is just another one of those aspects of turkey hunting. I think is, uh, it's pretty doggone cool. And right now, you know, you got grand nationals comes, uh, February was it 16th through 19th this year the big uh, the big show up in Nashville um, and all a lot of uh, calling competitions kind of surfaced right here before that everybody's getting ramped up for that big contest so you've got maybe you got one in Tennessee and uh, one in Georgia this weekend and you got another one in Georgia the next weekend so several contests are right here on deck so uh, for anybody wanting to kind of try their hand at it or at least just go watch one i mean just go be a spectator and see see what these guys are capable of and and then you know see if it's something you might want to try on for yourself i'd, I'd definitely suggest it i didn't know the culture was was so much like that that's that's really good to know because i know a lot of people that's a huge thing about service side that's something that attracted me and the reason we have over a thousand members is and you know all over the country is you know a lot of places you would think something so simple as like just treating someone with mutual respect you know obviously no one's asking anyone to spill the secret sauce all the time um, but just kind of coaching and helping and just being there for one another and sharing perspectives you would think there'd be so much of that and it's just it's just 
really isn't. I mean, even with our uh, community, that that's one of the great things that attracts people about it is, you know, we have a zero, you know, bashing policy. We, you know, maintain it in a way that it's almost like a safe space for any type of hunter that wants to either get knowledge or share knowledge or, or whatever have you. Um, and if someone doesn't like the question or maybe it's something that they think is dumb, then they know, hey, I'll just keep scrolling, um, you know, like most adults should know. But it's uh, it's nice to hear that 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 culture in that community for something like that is, you know, uh, I guess almost like a, like open door, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I have never been to a contest where, you know, there was anybody there that was, that was overly negative or anything. There's, it's, everybody's always willing to help. You ask somebody a question, you want to become a, you know, you want to give competition calling a try. Everybody will always be, um, you know, they'll motivate you. They'll, they'll tell you what you need to do. They'll, they'll give you some pointers. Um, we're all, anybody that puts these contests on are always trying to bump the numbers to try to get folks here, try to make it appealing, try to get the youth involved. I mean, they have Polt and youth and, um, and hunter divisions. Typically the Polts and stuff, they don't even have an entry fee, but they're still a prize, you know, so they get to win something. The hunter division is, uh, is that division to where, you know, if you haven't won a contest, um you can enter the hunters division that way you're not competing against you know grand national champions and these people that have been doing it for 20 or 30 years and are really talented at it um you can get in there to kind of you know be be competing with your peers you know competing with other people along your uh, experience level so try to make it as accommodating as possible so everybody's just coming in there they have some, they have a place to be they have a place they're going to blend in and um you know, have a good experience. So that's actually a great segue into uh, another question that we had, we had had written down here was um, talking a little bit about hunting mentors and learning from the older generation. I mean, that, that seems like a great spot to kind of start there. I was thinking when I read that question, I'm like, you know, like, how do you even start there? I mean, it definitely sounds like calling is a good start going to a calling competition, kind of meeting people, networking around, I can promise you those guys on that stage, they're not just turkey callers. They, they're not just calling, going up there sounding like a turkey just, just for fun, as fun as it is. They're, they're doing that because they want to be more proficient at calling turkeys and killing turkeys, frankly. Um, and so, yeah, those guys that you're meeting there, they're turkey hunters. And so if you're interested in hunting them and you have questions about hunting them, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't suggest going up there and asking them where they hunt. And, right. <laughs> And asking them, you know, that kind of thing. Someone because, will uh, ask that, that when they hear this. <laughs> you know, that's 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 the that's your own road that you're going to have to hoe there. Right, but, um, right. They they they'll definitely help you, um, give you some pointers, get you started, tell you where to look, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, for sure, uh, the hunting, uh, the the turkey calling, the competition calling can definitely be a place to to uh, to get a start. But man, the the it. Everything is so available now with the digital media. I mean, if you want to learn how to do something, you can do it from the comfort of your home for the most part. I mean, there's so much out there. I mean, just look at my platform. I mean, 57 to 60 videos for like four consecutive seasons. That is a whole lot of content. And all that is, is learning the most effective way possible, which is watching somebody do it. Like if you want to accomplish something then find somebody that does it and does it successfully and watch them. Like that is the best way to learn. 
Um, you can read all the books, you know, you can, you know, all of that'll help, you know, but you watch somebody do it, you get the sights, you get the sounds, you get, you get the visual, the auditory, you know, everything that it takes to learn any craft and you're watching somebody do what you want to accomplish. So there's my platform. There's hundreds of others out there. There's folks putting out, you know, content around turkey hunting, deer hunting, bow hunting, I mean, bow fishing, anything you want to learn about, it's out there now. Um, and I think it's a beautiful thing because, um, you know, a lot of the social media and a lot of the, the YouTube crowd, they get, you know, they'll, they'll get a bad rap from time to time um, because especially the older generation doesn't like how available it is because, I mean, all of us, and I, I would be uh, lying if I didn't say there was a, a greedy aspect to myself. Like, shoot, yeah, I want all turkeys for myself, you know? I mean, it, there's a little bit of you that wants that. Um, but you got to understand we can't have that, you know? Sure, like I said earlier, don't come up to me and expect me to share some pins on where I plan on starting the season. Don't come up to me and asking me where my favorite public land WMA is in Georgia or Alabama or whatever. Um but I'm going to help you. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm going to steer you to the video that's going to highlight what aspect that is you've got questions about. Um, because that, like the way I learned, the what, what became alarming to me was the way I learned was VHS tapes, um, magazine articles, you know, that kind of stuff. And the Internet forums, honestly. Like I've met many of my friends back in the day because i was a self-taught turkey hunter didn't have any turkey hunters even in town so i was able to find a lot of folks on these hunting forums believe it or not and um learned i mean that's where i started and i got to thinking about a kid nowadays like if a, a 16 18 year old kid right now just decided hey i want to become a turkey hunter like where would he look um there are no more magazines like that's just a thing of the past there are more, no more vhs tapes dvds are almost a thing of the past i mean the only thing they have to resort to is youtube and that kind of stuff and when i got to wrapping my mind around that i got to looking at what was available on youtube and a handful of years ago it wasn't much and it wasn't right. much that was instructional and it wasn't much that represented turkey hunting the way i had learned to turkey hunt and the way i enjoyed turkey hunting so that's when we decided like hey you know this think there's a need for this i think you know something that shows kind of a point of view turkey hunt would be i mean i'd be beneficial for the for the people wanting to learn to turkey hunt and i think the people just like ourselves who get thirsty about this time of year to start ingesting some type of turkey hunting content that don't have anything to watch you know um so yeah Cody project was born <laughs> and here we are like whatever it is five six years later <laughs> No, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. And, you know, everyone learns a different way. But, I mean, I grew up in the same aspect. I didn't have anyone to teach me about turkey hunting. No one did it. Uh, I was always fascinated about it because I was the only one who ever killed turkeys on, like, our family's land. And, you know, I really loved it. I ended up getting older and found out I was, I was more lucky than anything, like, right place, right time kind of thing. But uh, then I got older and actually started really hunting them. And one thing that always helped me was just being in the woods. I'll go out in the woods in the summer and just listen to birds watch them from afar and that's always what helped me and then once I started doing that then I started watching videos kind of putting well this worked for my area but this didn't and then you kind of just piece the puzzle together until you know you get your your area done and then as soon as I feel like I get them they'll get me again 
and then we'll start all over. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's just a beautiful thing what hunting is because you can't buy, not directly, you can't buy success a right. lot of times. You know what I mean? You can't buy, sure, you can go go on some cush outfitted hunt, and if somebody wants to do that, the more the merrier. You know, just, you have at it. That's the way you like to do it. But typically, somebody's not going to be able to do that with enough consistency to be considered, quote, unquote, some hardcore turkey hunter, hardcore deer hunter. The guy that gets that reputation is the guy that goes out there and and maybe marches to the beat of his own drum and kind of learns it and, and has these uh, characteristics that people value. You know, um, those old timers that kind of learn the ways of the woods by trial and error. I mean, those guys have those characteristics that I thirst for. I mean, that's the kind of character we you just kind of don't see because it just doesn't doesn't seem to be ingrained in generations now because there's so many shortcuts um these i mean granted if these gentlemen that have these characteristics now had the shortcuts that that the generations of modern times have they may not have quite the characteristics they have either you know if, if it was available to them but they didn't have those shortcuts so they kind of you know, yeah. learned by trial and error. And so they have all of these rich things, just characteristics and knowledge that I'm afraid is going to die because they're just, it just isn't almost, I don't want to call it and say it's not necessary. It's just, a, it's just possible to do without it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm still pretty optimistic, optimistic about the old days just because, you know, especially programs like here at Service Side, like we, you know, I, I sit there and I do podcasts, which I don't call them podcasts because I don't actually like put them out half the time. But um, I actually record conversations with like me and my grandpa. And, um, you know, I've had uh, conversations with me and my great grandpa and that, you know, they turkey hunted in their younger days, but obviously they were way older by the time I came around. So, you know, they had gotten away from it. So I listened to all those tips and tricks and little things and you know you kind of just keep passing it along but I do feel like there are some you know OGs if you will out there that are still passing I mean I've the people I've met in the industry and I'm sure you've met plenty too you you find some people that it almost like gives you hope as corny as it may sound it's like oh wow cool that's a ethical you know, conservation top of mind type hunter. And, you know, you, you see them being successful every year. And, um, you know, I hunt public land down here that's heavily, heavily hunted. And um, I still fill my tags every year. Um, I almost feel like the pressure keeps them moving and there's no shortage of birds. And I know people that have went, when you mentioned the public lands, the pens or whatever, I was laughing cause I'm sitting there like, that's almost like the buying it statement you made. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, you can, give them the pin, but I've given plenty of people pins just to kind of help them out, you know, their first turkey and stuff, and they still weren't able to get it done. So, you, you know, sometimes giving them the pin, like, I, you know, even though I always tell people, like, there's no point even asking because that's not going to get you there. You know, that's that's totally not going to get you there if you're not doing the right thing. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that there's enough of that 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 old-timer still available right now. I'm just worried about like 40, 50 years from now. Yeah, no, I I, don't start. If we don't start making that stuff cool and making that important to share and to carry, like, because things are only going to continue to get easier. You know, just the way that 
way that marketing works, man, if, if you can create a shortcut and sell it, then folks are going to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, and that's not saying that I don't use them. I mean, I've got mapping software all over my phone that my granddads didn't have. You know what I mean? So, right, right. Um, we were just talking about everything. We were just talking about those cell cams too. I mean, I don't specifically yeah. use them for turkeys, but they, they when they see a turkey, I see the turkey. You know. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, it's just keeping that mentality of those characteristics that the, the old timers chiseled literally chiseled out of trial and error using trial and error I, I, keeping those characteristics around and make sure they don't erode to the point to where nobody's able to talk about them anymore you know yeah for sure Because i think i mean nothing's as cool as is being able to preserve that the knowledge of that wise old man who knows something just because he knows you don't know why he knows because he won't ever tell you but he just knows and it's because he's crafted and, and developed that knowledge over 25 or 30 years of doing something wrong you know right um, no, that's the best there well i was gonna get you kind of hit on the some of the friendships you've made through turkey hunting and how you met some of your hunting partners that you see on the channel <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean my uh, if, if my closest friends you know a lot of them are my are my turkey hunting buddies we we may not talk that much during the off season but we uh we're trying to get life back upright during those, you know, nine months. But, um, yeah, how I met them, let's see, um, Chubbs was through competition calling. Hunter was through competition calling. Um, let me think. I met Tanner through Chubbs. Other than that, um, Drew was kind of a default, considering he's my brother. Um then you got squirrel. I met squirrel, believe it or not, down in a in a. Well, let me think about this. I didn't actually meet him. Squirrel was kind of a unique situation because we met through. If you go back and watch the first season of the Penhody Project, like in 2018 season, we hunted with Old Man Joe, who at the time I think was 78 or 79 years old. Went in with him and killed a turkey on public land with him. He, he killed a fine gobbler. And he's the man that blinked Squirrel and I together. Squirrel had moved to South Florida from, like, New York or something. And he's like, man, you need to meet this guy. Because I had been coming down to South Florida for a handful of years at that point. And you know how turkey hunters can be. I'm, I'm as guilty as the next guy. I don't want to beat nobody new. Like, I've got plenty of friends at turkey hunt. Like, I don't need any more friends at turkey hunt that are going to be, especially ones that turkey hunt the same place that I turkey hunt. And this guy was hunting the same place. And so he was like... You need to stop over and meet this guy, Mark. He's over at uh, the campground over here by so-and-so. And stop in there and chat with him. You guys will hit it off. He's a good caller and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, of course, man, I don't need this guy knowing what I drive and where I'm parking and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. <laughs> so um, that being said, we I somehow got phone numbers exchanged, and Mark and I began chatting, and, our first time ever meeting each other was in an airport in New York because we flew to New York to hunt some of his old ground up there. That's the first time I ever met him. But uh, we went hunting up there, and we've been buddies and traveled the country ever since. Um, and Chubbs was kind of the same way, roundabout. He actually, we, we initially met outside a calling competition. We were both competing, and um, he kind of knew that I was a kind of a traveling guy and, and was more or less just like a, Hey, if you ever need a traveling buddy, um, 
let me know. You know, I I would love to go and whatever. So I literally that same year I had planned a a northeast run right there at the end of May, and I think I was going to like Vermont, New Hampshire, and somewhere up in there. And I was like, hey bud, I'm I'm gonna hit the road here, be gone for about nine or ten days. You want to roll? Yeah, man, I'll go. So the first time I ever really met Chubbs was on like a eighteen hour vehicle ride all nighter from Georgia to Vermont. So <laughs> Well that's when you really you know, know if you want to hang out with them again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do something like you that. Gotta, between a rock and a hard place, you gotta deal with them for the next nine or ten days either way. Yeah, well I mean that's but, where uh, you either make or break the relationship there. Yeah. Sleazy. I'm trying to think sleazy just uh <laughs> another all of these are kind of quirky. I'm just now realizing all these are kind of unique situations because we're all turkey hunters and turkey hunters are a little bit odd and everybody's turkey hunters are paranoid you know what i mean they're they're, they're just always afraid somebody is is trying to encroach on on their stuff you know on their knowledge or on their spots or whatever so same situation i was actually at nwtf in a booth with a guy and this the sleazy or eric that y'all see now on the videos is is a different sleazy that i met uh, whatever year that was when i met him in nwtf his hair was like halfway down his back and his beard was just a little bit further i mean he looked like something out of some moonshining reality <laughs> tv series like if i ain't mistaken he had i mean not i mean he just had super long hair super long beard like just a different guy than you see on the videos now um when he came up and started chatting because he had watched some of the YouTube stuff that I'd put out at that point before Pinoti project. And this came to that. And he was said he was coming to Georgia Turkey hunt. And, uh, cause he's from North Carolina. He's coming to Georgia Turkey hunt. And as a odd Turkey hunter who didn't want somebody looking over his shoulder, I just said, well, all right, man, sounds good. Good luck to you. You know, <laughs> I'm mean, like, I, 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 even though I live in Georgia, you, you know, good luck to you. So, um, we'd exchanged numbers and we'd texted back and forth a little bit here and there. And he was, he had actually came before the season, drove all the way from North Carolina, just to scout a place in Georgia. And I thought, man, this guy must be pretty serious, you know, because that's kind of the way you have to do everything. Everybody's a quote unquote turkey hunter, but then you can kind of feel out how serious somebody might actually be by how they act versus how they talk right right um this guy came and, and scouted in georgia um i mean he drove all the way over here just to scout i thought huh you know this guy might be this guy might be real deal you know so uh push came to shove and it came you know right before opening day and he's like yeah i'm headed down that way gonna go and i didn't really find a lot of sign but i found a little bit here and there and i kind of got the gist that he was a pretty legit character so i said i'll tell you what buddy I can't go with you. I got some stuff I got to do, but you come on over here and I can, I can put you on a turkey or two. And he, so he, I said, if you don't mind driving a little further, cause it was a little further than he had initially scouted. And you know how he talks. He, now I don't mind doing a little more driving now. <laughs> so next thing you know, he's in my driveway. I put him on some, a couple spots and uh, sent him on his way. And he went in there and killed a turkey pretty quick. And I was like, you know what? That dude's, pretty legit and then he uh of course invited me back to north carolina when it was all said and done and we've been buddies ever since and like us like like squirrel we've traveled the country together so 
Yeah, that's that's I love hearing that because you know a lot of the people I've met through uh, turkey hunting, it was the same deal. Because when I hunt, we're dark to dark. If we don't get a bird, we we can hunt birds all day here. You you know how Florida is, so. You know, first guy came down here and wanted to finish his Grand Slam. I was like, I'll put you on some birds, and he was going to take me pheasant hunting in Pennsylvania. And I was like, all right, you know, he's killing a bunch of pheasants. I was killing a bunch of birds down here. So I'm like, that's a fair trade for me. Um, uh, him's coming down here. We hunted for three days straight from dark to dark every single day and got it done on the fourth day. And he, I'll never forget, he goes, man, I ain't never hunted a turkey like this before. I was like, well, I guess you can call yourself a turkey hunter now. Stood with me the whole time, never gave up, never complained. Was like, what do you want to do now? I kept changing the plan. You know, I'm a hopper, so I kept hopping around. And finally, I was like, we got to get this public land bird. I'm like, all his Grand Slam birds were public land. So I'm like, we can't, we can go to private but I'm like, I'd rather make this one a public land, like keep it going. And, and he did it. And after that, I was like, well, you can call yourself a turkey hunter now, I reckon, since you hunted. So I didn't think he was going to make it. And he made it. He made it all four days. You know, we're eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all day, you know, drink just drinking water. And, and, and he got it done. So after that, I was like, you know what? I'm the same way. If somebody's going to drive that far to scout, I mean, I do all that. I drive far to scout. I, you know, when you're, when you're passionate about something, you kind of just make it happen. Um, I got a baby now, so it's a little harder to make it happen, but it still happens, <laughs> you know. So, I definitely, uh, that's great, man. That's you met some awesome people by just kind of leaving that turkey hunter comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really can. But um, yeah, I mean, these guys are, are some of my very best friends now, and it's all all because of this passion that we chase every spring. So, it's pretty cool. Like-minded folks. I mean, they're uh, you know we've all done it for quite a while, and and it and it's funny how, when you meet somebody that's got that kind of that marches to that same drum and kind of operates oh, yeah. similarly in the woods. It takes you a minute. I mean, you can't tell that in the you know when you're in street clothes, you can't tell that. Oh, it takes you a minute right. to feel somebody else. So it's kind of funny um, <clears throat> now that and it's, it's, I mean, kudos to Grant for an awesome question because this is kind of one of those that I haven't been ask a lot like how did you meet these guys oh, yeah, that you are buddies good. with now you know because now that i'm thinking back on it every doggone one of these things the introduction is just a little bit odd like <laughs> like i didn't want to meet squirrel because i didn't need somebody following me i didn't want right. somebody hunting the same place that i did that knew where i would be i didn't i didn't give uh, give in and sleep to sleazy and give him some 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 dirt to go chase turkeys on because i didn't know if he deserved any you know intel on the dirt that i knew about and you know uh i don't know that that's that's pretty cool that just makes it feel more um like more right when it happens like that it almost makes it feel like okay this was probably supposed to happen you know than it being transactional you know (laughs) two two i mean two hardcore i don't know if two hardcore turkey hunters could just go bump into one another and just you know, 20 minutes later, skip down the road being the best friends you ever had. You know what I mean? You've got to like, cause everybody's like, no, he ain't, he ain't like I am. And he's not going to get into, get into my circles, you know, that easy. So it takes a little fleshing out. And, um, I guess these friendships that we're talking about of mine right now are, are, are you know, proof of that. Yeah, well, those are the solid ones, man, when you work for it. So let's talk a little bit about simplistic style of turkey hunting. I know that's really big with you. Um, you know, is like we were just kind of talking about, you know, how 
things now are different from grandpa's time and great grandpa's time. Um, do you, I mean, do you feel like that simplistic way of turkey hunting is going to kind of go away or do you feel like it's, we still got a pretty good chance of, of keeping it and that's something that you uh, want people to kind of lean towards? Yeah, I guess that's kind of what we were, what I was kind of, uh, we were discussing earlier, what I was kind of trying to roundabout way get to or, you know, kind of embellish on was that fact that that traditional or simplistic style I felt like was eroding. And when these old timers that practiced that style were gone, we weren't going to have it anymore. And it's like, how do you get something back that you never knew existed? I'm afraid I was afraid that if the generation died off that knew how to do it like that and they didn't share it, then how would we ever know? And um, I felt like I was in a unique position because I had experienced all of it. You know, I had experienced the traditional way. Um, when I say traditional, I mean, it's, I feel like there's always a caveat there because I'm not hunting these things with a flintlock. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm, not, I'm using Onyx and, and, and TSS, but, you know, when I say more simplistic, we're referring to like, you know, avoiding the uh the visual aids and avoiding the the reaping and that kind of thing that got so popular for so long the strutting decoys and and you know all of that kind of stuff because i did it i mean i've done it all and i watched that kind of style of hunting take over and um that's the only thing that was available for somebody that wanted to watch it and i was could i could easily see at least if you were from the outside looking in at the media that was available to teach folks how to do this, you could easily see, maybe this was me being simple-minded, but I was like, this is the only way that's being put out there. This is the only way that somebody that wants to turkey hunt, if they clicked on the internet and said, how to turkey hunt, this is the kind of stuff they were gonna see. And that's what kind of worried me because I had hunted turkeys that way. um, And then I had turkey hunted ways that, you turkey hunted in the way that I currently do and, and did then. And to me, the way I turkey hunt now and the way I turkey hunted, you know, versus how I turkey hunted back then is is daylight and dark. I mean, the process is so much more complex um, when you take a, out as many of those crutches and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, this isn't me shunning, by the way. This isn't, you know, I don't want this to come come across as me looking down my nose at anybody. I try. You have to say that kind of stuff when you start talking like this because... Next thing you know, oh, I heard Dave Owens on a podcast, and he hates decoys, and he hates anybody that uses them. That's exactly what someone's going to say. That's exactly what someone's going to take from this. (laughs) You know, and uh, but what I'm saying is, I had turkey hunted with with strutting decoys. I have turkey. I've reaped turkeys. I mean, I have done all that. I just was saying that I had a unique position because I had done it that way, and then I had done it the other way. And getting in the woods or getting anywhere with it's just you and the turkey and having that one-on-one interaction and besting him at his own game in his house is a much more fulfilling and rewarding feeling and i was afraid that with every all the modern technologies and things that were happening that the younger generation wouldn't ever have the ability to feel that they would never even know it existed because it wasn't going to be there for them to see so that's kind of what catapulted the whole idea on, hey, 
let's get it out there. Let's show them that I'm not saying this is the only way. I'm not even saying it's the best way for you. It's the best way for me. Right. And I just want you to know that it's available. Try it. You sit down to a tree, yelp a turkey up, nothing between you but air. When he's looking for you, he comes in acting like a turkey because turkeys are paranoid. Turkeys are suspicious. I like hunting turkeys when they're acting like turkeys. When a turkey comes around a corner and I can see fire in his eyes and he starts that that death wobble where he's just running at you because he sees some type of strutting decoy or whatever, that isn't the turkeys that I like to shoot because that isn't the turkeys that I see out in the wild. You know what I mean? Like when I see a turkey, that joker's paranoid. He's, he's nervous. He's getting hunted 365 days a year. And oh, I like yeah. to hunt those kind of turkeys. Yeah. So that's must be why you like I just Florida. Wanted to, you know, <clears throat> they, that's, uh... um, that's what I want. That's when it comes to the simplistic style, that's, I just wanted to make sure it was still available because I feel like that's the best way of hunting turkeys. And I was afraid that it was dying off, but let me tell you something. I don't mean to get long-winded on this, but... Oh, no, go for it, man. When the Pintotes Project started, the amount of people that reached out to me, and, and it's not a dying trade, I'll just say that. Like, I the I was completely blown away at the amount of people, like, that's the way I turkey hunt. This makes sense to me. Like, this I can watch. Like, this is how I turkey hunt. This is, you know, that allow, that let me know that a lot of folks were doing it. They just weren't videoing it. It wasn't out there for people to see frankly because it's hard as hell to do oh, yeah. i mean like when you turkey hunting without having them focused on something besides you and that camera pretty difficult so um that was refreshing to me to uh all of the all of the folks that came back and was like hey man that's the way i turkey hunt and i'm like Phew, like this thing this, this is this way of hunting them isn't isn't dying so. yeah no, it gives you hope i appreciate you elaborating more and, and that's kind of what i was getting at with that question was you know i knew we we had talked about it um you know previously like a question or two before but um you know it, the simplisticness of it you know I, I everyone that's turkey hunted i would i mean maybe there's some people out there that hasn't but i've tried the the decoys and i haven't done another reaping or nothing but i mean it's just like it's just the same with the gun bow argument you know you can't nine times out of ten most people if you take a white tail with a bow as opposed to if you take it to a gun it's a whole different feeling because for one you gotta be right up on it you know, I don't take shots over 35 yards, so, um, you know, you got to be right up on it. It's a whole different ball game. That's not putting one or the other, because I tell you what, as soon as rifle's in, I'm out there. i got to fill the freezer, um, so bow or not, but it's, I get it, man. I, I definitely get it, and I think that there's people out there, and especially with, with the Pinoti Project, it's, you know, it's probably telling a lot more people, like, hey, I can, I can stay simple. I don't need to, I don't need to evolve as far as, you know, equipment. I can just evolve as far as, you know, my woodsmanship and, and overall knowledge of the woods and stuff. Yeah, it's just a fulfilling feeling. I mean, it just really is. I mean, you, you can really get a an accomplished feeling from from tackling them one-on-one. I mean, in that, that sense of accomplishment, I, that's what I wanted folks to, well, folks to get a taste of. Because yeah. I know when I started getting a taste of that, that's when everything else became not an option like there was no there's no option to hunt him anyway other than this way like because if he's dead then i want to make sure that i got as much as i could out of him i want to feel like i beat him and it was me that beat him not some gadget not some you know it, it was me that beat him um and that's that's when it became that's when it became it became that way or no way for me 
And to kind of turn into not really scouting, but I want to ask how you say someone could set themselves up for a successful spring this time of year. I mean, going about scouting too, but what all should somebody do if they're looking forward to the season now? Um, the one aspect of spring that you can't really can't really buy more of, and that's time. So <laughs> do whatever you need to do in the off season to make yourself available during the spring. So um, more important, in my opinion, than than any scouting you can do is just making sure you're available during the spring um so that's first and foremost secondly is just making sure you're ready i mean don't make don't 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 let it be opening day of season and not know where you're going what i'm saying by that is like have things planned out have don't get surprised i guess um my biggest thing is weather I like hunting in good weather. Turkeys like gobbling in good weather. I have to, with the flexibility I have, I try my best. If there's good weather within a few hours of me, I'll drive a few hours to be in good weather. So um, I like to be familiar with ground a little bit everywhere. I like to have options. And I think that's the biggest thing as a turkey hunter is having options um, because just as, just like the weather can be different two hours away, so can the mood of the turkeys um when you're in a place and turkeys aren't gobbling they're in a gobbling lull they're hinned up they're just not doing what you need them to do in the spring um you can literally go a couple hours down the road and the, the attitude of the turkeys be completely different so one thing i always make sure that people are kind of paying attention to is having options you know if the turkeys aren't acting right here go an hour south i mean that hour drive a lot of times will be worth it because you're just different, different flock of turkeys. I mean, they could be a week ahead of, or a week behind the turkeys that you're hunting, you know, that's not acting right. So, um, that's a couple things. Let me see. Um, as far as anything else, when it comes to scouting and preparing yourself, setting yourself up for a successful, successful spring is, um, yeah, making sure you have availability, get out there, Get all your ducks in a row. Keep the boss happy, whether that be the boss of your children or the boss of your of your income. <laughs> um, make sure that everybody's happy. You're you're on good terms with everybody because if you're uh, if turkey hunting bites you like it has bit many of us, then um, you will strain those relationships during the spring. So you want to make sure you start off on the right foot. For sure. No, that that's great. You know, and and that was actually answered like a couple of the questions we had about you know kind of choosing areas and things like that but well, i guess let's we got about 15 minutes i'll put us at an hour and i kind of wanted to just switch gears real quick to um calling um you know we had a couple questions from some of the members of service side which i'm gonna i'm gonna ask them after this one but if you could only take one call in the wood what's your go-to well, for me it's a mouth yelper for sure most versatile call out there i mean it's hands-free i mean that's just kind of that's my bread and butter for sure And getting on calling still, I was going to use kinds of calling tactics used in different parts of the country for certain, like, I don't know, some people may not have heard Mario's or Rio's, but the kind of little wit they do that can be crucial if you can do that to those birds. Yeah. Um, all that's kind of experience-driven. It is one of those things that you can observe, like these videos and stuff that are available now. You can observe and kind of pick up on the different uh, vocalizations. I mean, obviously, they're they're – they're the same, but they have a little bit of, you know, tendencies of doing like 
in my opinion, Western turkeys have a tendency of being a little bit more high pitch. I call high pitch out there, first off, because I think those turkeys run a little higher pitch, but also because you're dealing with such vast landscapes, it's just an obvious thing that higher pitch sounds, higher frequencies, they travel further. Um, so you basically are touching more ground, and that's kind of the name of the game out west is covering a lot of ground, getting your call on a lot of ground because these turkeys typically – cover a lot of ground so you're just trying to get to them so um <clears throat> calling tactics when it comes to west or east versus west a lot of times has to do with volume um because you're uh, covering a lot more ground you'll you know use glass calls or long boxes or we use tube calls out there quite a bit i mean you'll use these calls that are you know screechy i guess is the word to, to try to reach um long ranges and just to find more turkeys um as far as um that would be the east versus west uh deal there i guess as far as how how the changing call goes as far as you mentioned you mentioned the wit if, if you want to speak to that specifically that's just <clears throat> um if you spend any time out west you'll quickly notice those hens they don't do the loud bassy cutting and cuts and clucks that you'll hear a lot of eastern turkeys do um not that the eastern turkeys don't wit because i i use it on the you know for eastern turkeys as well because i hear a lot of it it's a wit or a chirp or whatever you want to call it it's just not your stereotypical cluck um and anything you can do you know calling wise uh it's going to be more realistic is going to you know if you can paint the picture of you being a turkey more effectively than by all means do so and i think that's what being able to do the chirps and the wits and those little more realistic sounds of turkeys they're just used to hearing is going to paint that picture a little little better and and could be the de, you know defining thing that causes him to change his mind and come around the ridge or come around the bend in the road or whatnot so um but that wit that those west western turkeys do it's just a just a higher pitch i mean it seems it serves the same purpose as a cluck but i just noticed the turkeys were doing it often you didn't hear a lot of clucks out there i just got my call and, and started mimicking it and um have really seen a difference i mean i know people are probably you know hesitant to believe that i would be too but just saying i i went out there a lot of times and it could have been coincidence but i had been going out there for several years and having um questionable results that this is calling turkeys in and you'll hear people talk about that in discussion if you go hunt western turkeys you just more or less a spot and stalk strategy game get in front of them kind of game because uh, they're hard to call in they're flocked up a lot even the ones that are by themselves don't you know they'll respond to a call but they won't come to a call like i had heard all that and i had experienced all that but um i went out there and, and heard the chirp little wit and started mimicking it and uh it just so happened probably coincidence but just so happened the first turkey that i tried it on after we had been out there wrestling those jokers for five or six days with no success i, I went to witten to that turkey and he walked up to me like he was the dumbest miriam in the world and i thought huh might be something to this so i've been witting the turkeys out west ever since so <laughs> and i'll say that it seems um the the percentages of turkeys that respond to that witting out west seems to seems to be better than just your stereotypical cutting and clucking 
So that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that answers a little bit of this question, but I had a couple questions from a couple of our guys. Um, you know, we, we made a post just to kind of see what everyone uh, wanted to hear. And I figured it would, it would go around calling, which it does. But um, Alex had said, um, is there a, he'd like to hear a good way to learn correct calling rhythm or cadences. Um, I know you kind of touched on that a little bit, but what would you kind of recommend for somebody that wants to learn more about how to get those correct rhythms and cadences? I mean, if he's looking for rhythms, cadences, um, and that kind of just the, uh, overall, uh, trying to think that just the trying to think of the proper, uh, terminology here. But I mean, if that's what you're wanting to learn, then real turkeys are going to be the best teacher. They all sound different, but they all have that same rhythm, that same, like, um, they all carry that, that, that same role in the yelp. They all, it's just like us with different voices. We're saying the same thing, but it's just coming across a little bit different. We have a little bit different, um, dialects and, and turkeys are the same ways. But if you want to get the, the gist of the conversation, you want to understand the words and how they're enunciated and just go listen. There's so much turkey audio. Uh, Chad Claycomb has some awesome treetop stuff right there available for you on YouTube for free. Just go listen to those turkeys. They're going to give you tree yelps and excited yelps, cutting, fly down cackles, and you'll get the overall, like the overall rhythm that a yelp should have, like the sequence, a sequence of yelps and how fast or slow they can be and, and the spacing in between the yelps, the length of each individual note. All of that can be gathered from just studying the language, just listening to turkeys. Um, that That's my, that's my, one and only tip when it comes to learning what sounds you need to make and what is the foundation of being able to replicate those sounds and that's first off being able to hear it and then spit it out you know just having the ability to listen to it and then regurgitate it and put it out you know what i mean so the best way of doing that is listening to turkeys there's dvds out there um, i'm assuming these things have probably moved their way over to the to the iTunes and that kind of stuff. I'm not real big on it, but I'm assuming treetop turkeys or, um, you know, spitting feathers, all of those audio cassette DVD it used to be CDs, but I think they've all probably moved over to the, to whatever you call that platform now. Um, so that you can listen to that stuff in your vehicle as much as your, um, passengers probably don't want you to. <laughs> if you have any alone time in the vehicle, you could, you could pump it through the speakers and, and just kind of immerse yourself in, in, in turkey talk, and that'll teach you um, what to sound like, you know. Um, so, yeah. Now, that answers that great, man. And, and you know, I, I love hearing uh, – you had mentioned, you know, when you know when certain x amount of hunter gets with x amount of hunter how they kind of know and i mean that that puts it there everyone we've had on the podcast that really you know like you said there's people that do and there's people who talk and the people that really do they're the ones that have very very similar advice with get out there see what's going on that don't mean you got to blow up the woods or anything but get out there see what's going on mimic it look around at what's going on around you what are others doing kind of bits and pieces to make your own thing because i mean one flock's not the same as the other we have two flocks on a piece of property we hunt well one on one property one on the other and they are not the same if you if you break a, a stick falls out the tree you won't see those turkeys for three days um, <laughs> you know i've seen them go down here i had a guy here last year we we're hunting public land 
hen come walking by. So I was like, watch, she's going to jump in the roost. He's like, it's like one o'clock. I'm like, watch. Jumped in the roost, sat there for two hours. I never would, he never would have believed it if he wasn't there. Jumped down, started feeding at about three o'clock. I was like, man, some birds just do what they want to do. Maybe a coyote's oh, been yeah. chasing her for 30 minutes. Like, you don't know. <laughs> and she felt safe in that tree. Like, you, you don't know what was happening. <clears throat> Maybe a hunter jumped her up. You know, you don't know what's happening. So, you can't, like, put it all in stone. But, you know, getting out there to see what you're doing. Because now, I hunt really close to the parking areas a lot of the times. Because the turkeys will sit there and wait for everyone to go in the woods. And then they'll jump down. That will be my secret sauce tidbit. But... <laughs> <laughs> I hunt pretty heavily areas, so there's going to be a hundred other people there too. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's just when it comes to learning the language. Now, if somebody was asking me how to get started in competition calling, and it, and you know, all the competition, or no, not all of them, but many of them will say, "Oh, you just got to go listen to turkeys. You just go listen to turkeys, mimicking turkeys on the stage, and you're going to do fine." Uh, I wouldn't say that. Like, you know, I mean, I did that, and you have to listen to callers as well. Like I'm not telling you to mimic another caller. I'm not telling you to copy somebody. There's, there's folks out there that do that. But if you copy somebody, I mean, you know, you're always going to be second best. You know, you're never <laughs> yeah. going to outdo the yep. teacher. You know what I mean? So true. when you're, when you're copying somebody, that's what's going to happen. So if you're, if you're happy being second or third, then fine. But um, if you want to get into competition calling, there's a whole different, I mean, it's a game, so you have to kind of listen to some of these callers and how they put their routines together because the routine and how you present the call that's asked for is just as much as being able to effectively, you know, produce the call. So if somebody was asking me about competition calling, the answer would be a little bit different. But if it's like the question that you asked, which is just how do I learn how to sound like a turkey yeah. and how do I, you know, then, then just listening to them because – they're mouthy, you know, they're vocal, and there's a ton of people that have had video cameras close. We have tons of footage of hens doing their thing, and so you study <laughs> yeah. that, and uh, you'll be ready. Solid, man. Yeah, one other thing. I know a big thing of yours is the value and the experience of each hunt and the amount of time you spend with the bird after you harvest it. Uh, I want a little bit about that and why it means so much to you. Um, well, a lot to do with that kind of that modern culture that I, I mean, I was as guilty as the next guy. I'm, I'm part of that culture that I talk down about often um, is we just got in such a hurry, man. Like everything is a hurry. Everything needs to happen quick. Everything needs to be started today over tomorrow. You know, everything needs to be fast. And um, you get to really looking at this resource. And I think many people have had to pump the brakes and kind of open their eyes to the resource and how fragile it is. And, and literally the miracle that you're experiencing when you're able to kill one of these things. I mean, you're talking about something that started as an egg. It's got like a, what, 4% chance is what some hens have of having a successful clutch. And that's like having one hen, one, one poult to two weeks old or whatever. I mean, so you're, you're holding a miracle um, more or less when you're, when you're able to kill one. So I'm just as guilty as the next guy once upon a time, you know, and I could, I snagged that turkey up. I was I was worried about the next one before the breath ever left his lungs, it seemed like. Um, and I saw that kind of becoming a popular thing, especially as Grand Slams, you know, continued being popular. But then the U.S. Slam became popular, and everybody that's killed four turkeys seems to be trying to kill one in all 49 states now. And, like, they're not appreciating the one that just gave its life because they're worried about taking the next one. So I'm just like, you know, tomorrow will be there tomorrow. 
like enjoy him for what he able to was he what he was able to provide you enjoy that experience get everything that he had to give you because he's gone he's never going to be able to give it to you again um that just kind of started striking home for me and uh honestly it was just a little bit of a guilt as many turkeys that i had just picked up and headed back to the truck or or whatever um thought i was kind of like a debt that i debt that i owed to kind of like don't make the same mistake i did you know the amount of turkeys that i picked up and just headed back to the truck without kind of uh soaking up that moment you know what i mean maybe i can slow somebody down before they make the same mistake i did so yeah that's great no that's that's great man i you you got me got you got my gears turning i never even thought about it like that and you're you're so right i mean i've definitely been way guilty of it and now i feel more guiltier now because i never really thought about it until now but appreciate you know if i could take anything from this podcast it definitely be i'm definitely gonna be a little more appreciative because you're right you get them checklists man okay here this state's done this state's done i'm the worst at yep. it um yep. but you know we got plenty of time left you just gotta enjoy that moment I, I never thought about it you know they're gone they're not coming back you know so yeah and i mean i promise you as a guy that's done it nobody's giving trophies <laughs> if you kill them all in one freaking day they ain't giving you no trophy for it I mean, there's no reason to rush. There's no reason to not appreciate him for what he gave. You know, I mean, um, yeah, that's my biggest thing. And we did the cigar thing that kind of slowed people down. And people thought, oh, you're doing it to be cool. And like, man, I don't give a crap if you smoke a cigar. I don't care if you eat Twizzlers. <laughs> I don't care if you play tic-tac-toe. I don't care. I would just yeah. like for you to slow down and pet him a little bit, look at him examine him thank him think about the hunt relive the hunt think about what you did wrong that you could have done better think about what you did right that let that allowed him to be laying at your feet like take a minute because i do think it's a valuable educational tool as well for you to slow down and really you know look in detail at each step that it took to get to where you are um i think that's that's another advantage of slowing down a little bit but yeah that's uh that's one of the things that i am proud of this that is i feel like has kind of come of this is is at least a couple more folks are slowing down now because of kind of what we do yeah absolutely and i know we're getting close to an hour a little over and i think it's like pretty good um i just wanted to let you put out where people can find you at nashville and future things coming out of the penote project and where they can find all your stuff at um yeah man uh like i said when we got on this thing i just finished ed- ed- editing the last episode so i've been Nose to the grindstone 10 or 12 hours a day now since about Thanksgiving, and we just finished them all. We got 61 episodes coming at you. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to stretch them this year, but they're obviously hitting the hitting the YouTube and Mossio Go right now, so you got fresh content. Right now, every Tuesday, Thursday, it'll be a lot more frequent sometime soon because if I did them Tuesday and Thursday, we'd be dropping these things till 2024. So, <laughs> um, But you can find uh, all the video contents on Mossio Go streaming app and uh and youtube of course um you know you can find us on instagram and facebook and i even started some tiktok and but i ain't figured that get out quite yet because they keep i keep apparently doing some community uh community messing up their community guidelines somehow i keep violating a few of those things um apparently they don't like they don't like anything really so i'm still trying to figure out what they like but you can find us there for the moment until they kick us off but um com for hats and shirts and all that kind of stuff as well so 
Well, I definitely appreciate you uh, jumping on here, Dave. Um, we'll go ahead and close this one. We'd love to have you back on whenever you get a chance. And, um, you know, like I said, I definitely appreciate you jumping on. I'm super excited for turkey season. And, you know, I know you probably don't get many. Well, you probably do get – you don't need no more turkey hunting friends because you get so many invites. But come on come on down, man. I'll show you some public land that will really make you, make you uh, push those skills to the test for sure because there's so many people and there's dog hunting here and – South Florida is great, but mid Florida is, it's a little different. You know, I, I think it is. We have year round vegetation too, but it's just, it's just some swamp birds. I, I've never even seen a turkey with water up to, to its like knee area before until I came down here, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. It's definitely an experience. Florida's unlike anything in the world. No doubt. I start there about every year. Couldn't see it any other way. So yeah, it's a, it's near and dear to me. I love Florida for sure. Solid, brother. <clears throat> well, Grant, did you have anything else? Uh, I think that's covered it all pretty much. And what about, again. what about you, Dave? No, well, man. Yeah, I think we've uh, we've we've covered a lot of ground here. I probably got long-winded in a lot of aspects. We got into some little, I don't know if you want to call them touchy, but just things that I'm passionate about and I want people to, to know what I'm trying to say here. So, therefore, I use a whole lot of words and try to dress it up to where they'll understand, but no, I'm probably man. doing a worse job than i would have I'd nah, my mouth you're, you're doing great man you know that's one thing you know we've always strived here with our podcast just like we did with our club you know when it came to like partners and sponsors and all that stuff was just being real just being who we are whether people like it or they don't like it or whatever because i always tell people like my number one expression i always tell people is you know worst case scenario you don't like them you just don't hang with them or hunt with them or talk to them again you know you can always it's not like you're locked in marriage you know forever and i always tell people you know like stuff like this we want everyone that's on this podcast to be real unfiltered um you know we try to keep f-bombs and stuff to a minimum but that's really pretty much the only censorship um because we're gonna talk about touchy subjects and we're gonna and that and the world needs more of that because what's gonna happen is like you said people aren't gonna talk about it they're not gonna mention it and then 60 years from now we'll be where we were 100 years ago with no you know almost no turkeys left so But all right, well, you guys are listening to Hunt Link by Serviceside, and we'll see you on the next one.